and the wealthy and the, and the righteous. And John chapter 4 is for the lowly, the forgotten. They, they don't even mention her name. Whereas the other man, he had a name. Somebody said, I'm following pastor. And the, the nice part about it, she comes to him by day. And I want you to notice five W's in the chapter. Five important W's. The well, the weariness, the woman, the water, and the worship. It's almost as if the, the writer was deliberate to put those W's. Somebody say the well, the weariness, the woman, the water, and the worship. But also, I want you to note, and before I teach, that the entire passage is about a demonstration. It's almost as if Jesus was putting up a, a, a lecture to all of us who will be in Christ that this morning. God was setting us up as, as, as fellow servants of the Lord on how to convert a, a soul, how to win a soul that does not know God. Is somebody hearing me? Is, is my microphone okay this morning? He, he's taking us through a five steps of winning a soul. Number one, you must do away with all your stereotypes. You can never win a soul full of stereotypes. Number two, do not fight back the walls of resistance. Whenever the woman was resisting, Jesus stood his ground. Number three, always start with a simple, relevant subject. Now this is technical, teaching you on how to win a soul. Start with a simple, relevant subject. Number four, take it further and then deeper. Number five, point out the need of a savior and lead them to repentance. Don't leave it hanging. Point out the need of a savior and then lead them to repentance. That is a classic story on how to win a soul. You see it in John chapter 4. But also, John chapter 4 is also what I call sales lessons. Very free sales lessons. It's, it's, Jesus literally shows you how to do a sale in a very difficult, with a difficult customer. If you are in sales, you learn a lot out of John chapter 4. Number one, how to pitch to a very unlikely customer. Number two, how to sell to very difficult customers. Number three, how to deal with sales barriers. Number four, how to overcome objections and rejection. And number five, how to close a very difficult sale. You see that also in John chapter 4. Hallelujah. But I'll be very spiritual and I won't be getting to sales and closing of sales. I was just giving you free nuggets if you are lecturing on sales. You find that strategy in John chapter 4. Somebody say, we are following. Now, can we get to the main text? I would have loved Pastor Kika to read as always, but I'd like to just this time go step by step and study and read as we teach. Now, let's begin. John chapter 4. The Bible says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee. He left Judea and departed again into Galilee. I'll get into that in a moment. Number one, I want you to notice something that verse one, the Bible speaks about Envy that arose because Jesus had more disciples than John. Last week I spoke about how do you how do you live, how do you stand your brother's success? 
You see the same thing happening. Jesus, from verse 25 of chapter 3, the Bible says Jesus raised more disciples than John. And verse 25 speaks about how the disciples of John became envious. And they became restless. And they started to report to John and said, John, do you see that the man that you prayed for and the man that you baptized is now having more disciples than you? And I love the response of John. It's basically what we talked about last week. John says, Jesus must increase and I must decrease. He says, I have come to be the one that leads the way for the bride. I am literally leading the way, but he is the main man. He is the main show. I'm not here to be the show. I was leading the way for him. John understood who he was. And John was not confused. But Jesus, in verse 1 of chapter 4, realizes that this issue is now moving into the Pharisees. It's no longer about the disciples of John. He moves away. Some say he moves away. He comes out of the scene. He is on the southern side of Israel, which we call Judea. Somebody say Judea. Put up the map for me. If you were to see this map, that's the southern part of Jerusalem, I mean of Israel, where there's Judea. He is now, now leaving and he has to go to Galilee on the northern side. But he has an obstacle in front of him. That obstacle is called Samaria. Somebody say Samaria. Samaria. Samaria was in between the two cities. If I could have my, my pen, you have you have the north. Somebody say the north. The north. You have the south. the south. This is what we call Judea. Judea. That's a region. And that's another region here. It's called Galilee. Galilee. Hallelujah. That's where you have the wedding of Cana. And that's where you have Nazareth. They were in the north. And this is Judea. But in the center. Somebody say in the center. In the center. It's a place called what? Samaria. It's right in the center. Put up the other map there for me. It's a place called Samaria. Samaria. And now Jesus had an option, because this is an ocean, this is an ocean. He had an option to do what every Israelite does, what every Jewish man does. They go across to Judea, they bypass Samaria, they don't enter Samaria, they bypass and go this way, usually by ocean. But Jesus decided that on my way, I will go through Samaria to Galilee. Go to verse 4 for me. Put up verse 4 for me. And the Bible says, Jesus, put up verse 4 for me. And Jesus must go. Somebody say, must go. Must. He must. He needed to go through Samaria. He needed to go through Samaria. Every Jew was avoiding Samaria, but Jesus needed to go through Samaria. I'm coming for you this morning. I pray that the word touches you this morning. Historically, who are Samaritans? Who are Samaritans? Who are the Samaritans? If you heard, there was a story about a good Samaritan. The Bible speaks about a good Samaritan, a man who helped a man who was found on the way. The Levites and all the priests, they passed by. If those were Jews. They passed by the Samaritan. I mean, the man who was wounded. But a man from Samaria assisted. Jesus has been on the case for Samaria. And he's, he's been trying to prove a point that the people that you're overlooking, those are the people I'm looking for. And that, therefore, 
instead of going bypassing, he goes into the problem. He says, that which you are avoiding, I'm going for it. That which you don't want to be part of, I'm going to be part of it. Who are Samaritans? Most of us don't know that Samaritans are actually Jews. Some, some, somebody said these are Jews. These were Jews, even though scripture speaks about them as Samaritans and Jews, but if you study carefully, you will discover that these are actually Jews who had mingled with people of the world. And they became contaminated and corrupted and lost the ways of their gods. That's why the original Jews would not associate with people from Samaria because people from Samaria were no longer original Jews. They were sleeping with Assyrians and they had children who are of mixed races and therefore they were considered to be pagans. Is somebody listening to me? And you see the same thing in the book of Ezra chapter 4 verse 17 and also the book of Nehemiah chapter 2 verse 10 that this thing came as far as those years of Ezra and Nehemiah, it didn't just start in the times of Jesus Christ. But the Samaritans themselves, they saw themselves as keepers of the Torah and the true descendants of Israel and from the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh. These were not just foreigners, they were born of Manasseh and Ephraim. And they had their own copy of the five books of Moses. And they believed that they alone preserved the original Mosaic religions. They were unique in their practices of the law. They had their own way of doing things. Somebody said, I'm following. Now, leave all of that and get back to the story. And the Bible says, Jesus needed to go to Samaria. Somebody say, why? Why did he have to go to Samaria? Let's go to verse 5. So he came to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar. So right in Samaria, there is a smaller city called Sychar. Jesus comes to a place called Sychar, which is near the plot of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. That's why I want you to understand that Samaria is part of Israel. You see a history of Jacob in Samaria. You even see a well of Jacob in Samaria. Is somebody following this? Now Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, therefore, being weary, some say he was weary. He was weary from his journey. He sat by the well, and it was the sixth hour, and I've said that's 12 o'clock. Now watch this. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Jesus says to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away to the city to buy food. And then the woman of Samaria says to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have not dealings with the Samaritans. Just hold it right there. Look at the dynamics. Jesus is sitting by the well, deliberately waiting for this customer to come. And the customer does come. And she is a of a gender called woman. She is not a man. She is a woman. And he goes to her and says, give me a drink. I will tell that by the psychology, as we read further, the psych of this woman, she's tired of men. And Jesus appears as one of the men. Have you noticed... As a lady, you are tired of being shellant. Yeah. <laughs> but we are having. I'll start begging 
when whoever drinks of this water that you are drinking of will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Nothing in this world can ever satisfy. Jesus says, if you drink of this water, you will come back again. Yeah. You will have some satisfaction, but it will be for a moment. He will buy you a car, but after a few years, you will be thirsty for a car. He will buy you a phone. After a couple of months, you are thirsty for another phone. You will buy a dress, but after a moment, even as you walk out of the shop, you are thirsty for another dress. You will have a man, but even him, he does not satisfy you. You wish you could have that girl, even after you had that girl, but you still feel there is something missing because there is nothing. There is nothing. That will ever satisfy your thirst. Usami told you to come as on the sofa corner. He told them. Usami lend the nazo. We are fun. Usama ba puza. We are fun. Usam puzu chala. We are fun. Yes, puzu chala. Usu katale. But still, you are thirst. Usami moto. Usama ma fura. Usama anything. You know you are trying. You are looking. For things and Jesus says you will never because I made you I made you you came out of me and when I made you I created a space for myself I left a vacuum within you that will always draw you back to me and until you come to me no one can fill that space no one can fill my space Jesus says he says the thirst inside of you are caused and I'm the only one who can satisfy that thirst. And that water you can only find by me. Yeah. It doesn't matter what to pete. Still, you are not happy. Yeah. You are not satisfied. Uzama look, you are not satisfied. Uzama in a senior position, M7 come to senior position. You're satisfied. Still, you're not satisfied. And from that senior position, you want another senior position. Still, you're not satisfied. Uzami Lord, more problems come. No rest for you. Jesus says, I am the one who has to fill that space. No one can fill that gap. Now watch this. I like the discussion that the woman says to him, Sir, somebody says, Sir. Finally, she's softening up. Give me this water that you're talking about. That I may not thirst again. So that I don't have to come here and draw again. She still does not get it. She still thinks Jesus is talking about physical water. Because she even says, I don't want to come back and draw water from here again. But I wanted to watch some. Now that she said, give me the water. Jesus says, I'm going to show you what your thirst is. I'm going to show you 
what you're struggling with. Because yeah. I see you're thirsty. And I want to come and meet that thirst. But first, I want you to see the thirst first. Because until you appreciate how much a sinner you are, you will never appreciate how great a savior he is. You got to first see how bad and how low you have come. And Jesus wants to draw her attention to her thirst that she is not aware of. He says to her, I need to think that I don't any favor. Go call your husband and come with him here. Because Jesus realizes there's a problem here. Jesus realizes that this woman is thirsty and I need to show her her thirst. And the woman answers. I like the answer of this sister. All right, I want to know, sister. We are even going to lend up and get was with cars. I don't know if you summarize. I have no husband. He summarized. But what she is not aware of is the fact that she is standing before a prophet. What she's not aware of is the fact that she's standing before Yahweh, Elohim, and Adonai, the creator of the heavens and the earth, the God who made her in the first place. She is not aware. She thinks she's talking about to another gentleman. And Jesus answers in a very nice way. He says, you have said it well. I will say the things you are afraid to say for you. I will tell the story you don't want to tell on your behalf. You have had five husbands. I will remember that Somebody say five husbands. Do you know what it takes to have two husbands, three husbands? One alone. After one, most women after one, they're done with marriage. They are done. But this woman kept on. Number one, boom, left. Number one died, so she understood. Number two, it was a misunderstanding. He was cheating. He was doing a lot of women. She couldn't stand it. She divorced him. Number three, she was the one who was guilty. She was caught stealing some things with another man, and the man divorced her. Number four, it was another story. Number five, five husbands divorced. She kept on believing that the third one will work, the fourth one will work, I'm sure the fifth one will work, but number six, she says, I'm done. I don't even mind to have another man's husband because I'm done with this thing called marriage. But I still have a thirst. Mm. Actually, the thirst was not for marriage. Yeah. The thirst was for a man. Because yeah. on number six, she says, you know what, get rid of the marriage thing, but don't get rid of the man thing. Mm. I still want to have a man in my life. Mm. Somebody says number six. Yeah, and Jesus says, you have truly spoken. Because mm. even the one you have right now is not, not your husband. Nevertheless, he is a Somebody say he's a, he's a man. And the story is about the seventh man. The story is about the seventh man. Somebody say the seventh man. 
that you have met number one, you have met number two, you have met number three, you have met number four, you met even number five, you met even number six, but I am number seven, the number of completion. Your search comes to an end. I am the end of your search. I am the end of your thirst. Whatever you've been thirsting all along, I am the answer and I've come to satisfy. Oh, come on, church. I have come to fill the space in your heart. That's why later on in the story, you see the woman rush into the city and say, Come see a man. Come see a man. Because the whole story is about the man. Somebody say, The man. You may have a church, but if you don't have the man, you will remain empty. You may have Isamba to serve also, but if you don't have the man, you will still be hungry. You may sing the songs of the church, but if you don't have the man, you will still be thirsty. The story is about the man. Have you met the man? Have you experienced the man? Have you received the man into your heart? Have you fellowship with the man? Because there's something about the man that no one can ever do except him. Your heart is longing for the man. We may have a beautiful church like you find yourself right now in this morning. But unless the man, uh, unless the man walks in this place, all you will walk away with, oh, what a beautiful church. Oh, what an organized church. Oh, what a nice English they speak in that church. But at the end of the day, you remain thirsty. Because no one can meet your thirst except the man himself. He says, it's the water that I give. Only the man can give you that water. And you are here this morning. You find yourself unhappy. You find yourself drunk. You find yourself looking for things. You, you're trying this, you're trying that. And then the Lord says, it's because you're searching for me and you didn't know. And he says, I'm here to meet you. I am the thing you've been searching for. I am the man you've been searching for. The hunger that you have for love, it's, it's not hunger for love, it's hunger for Jesus. You will try all sorts of men, you try the rich, you try the poor, you try the broke, you try, you try everything and nothing works. Because that space is for Jesus alone. Only Him can fill that space. Somebody say only Him. And the final W, verse 20. The woman says, I perceive that you're a prophet. I perceive that you're a prophet. And our fathers worshipped. Somebody say worshipped. Our fathers worshipped. I want you to look at the screen. It's about 10 worship words in that passage alone. Worship, 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 worshipers, worship, 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 worship. 10 times. Our fathers worshipped on this mount. And you Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place where one ought to worship. 
And Jesus says to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. For you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship, referring to the Jews, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour is coming, and now is when true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. For God is spirit, and those that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Blessed be the word of the Lord. And as I conclude the story, you see how the story evolved from a well to water to thirst, drinking of water, and all the way to worship. Yeah. It was all along about worship. Yeah. It was all along about worship. Mm. It was all along about worship. That's why unless you worship something, you feel something is wrong in your spirit. You feel something is wrong in because God has designed you to be a worshiper. God has made you to be a worshiper. There is a need to worship. I don't care who you are in this earth. As long as you are alive, you need something to worship. That's why those who are educated but still don't know God, you find them behind the scenes. They are worshiping under the bridges. They are worshiping behind the scenes. They always have a need to worship. It's a thirst that lies within you. Somebody say, I'm thirsty for worship. God has put within you a heart of worship. That's why when we gather, we must never waste time. When we come together, we must never waste time. For the Father is seeking such. Jesus began the discussion by saying, I need a drink. And I want to close it by the drink again. God is saying, I need a drink. God is saying, I'm thirsty for a drink. God is saying, there is a thirst within me that I am looking for. The angels are trying to worship me. The angels are bowing down before me day and night, but there is still. The 24 elders are worshiping me day and night, but there is still. I'm looking for a drink. I'm looking for a drink from Social Movement. I'm looking for a drink from Pretoria. I'm looking for a drink from Kaute. I'm looking for a drink from South Africa. I need to drink. I am thirsty for a drink. Listen to me. There's only one place that God is vulnerable to. Of all things, He does not need your car. He does not need your money. He does not need anything. But there's one thing that God can do to himself. He can never worship himself. He says, give me your drink. Give me your drink. I'm thirsty for it. I'm hungry. That's why as in Jesus concludes the passage, he says the Father is seeking. The word seek is deeper than looking for. The word seek is deeper than just searching. God is seeking. God is seeking. He's seeking for worshippers. He's seeking for worshippers. He's hungry for worshippers. And he says, as you worship me, I will water you. As you worship me, I will water you. As you water me, I will water you. As you feed me, I will feed you. Feed me with your worship. I will feed you with myself. Amen. Give me your worship. Amen. I will give you whatever you desire. Amen. Bring your sacrifices to me. For I am seeking for such. Amen. 
You want to be recognized by heaven? Be a worshiper. You want heaven to remember you? Be a worshiper. You want heaven to see you? Be a worshiper. And don't just worship. Jesus says worship in spirit and worship in truth. Don't just act it out. Don't just do for the pastors to see you. Don't just do for the church to see you. Let God see your heart. Bring your heart into this thing. Be genuine about your worship. This is a house of worship. I will not be silent. I will always worship as long as I am breathing. I will always worship. Where's Becky? will not be silent. Say, I will not be silent and I will God says, I'm longing for intimacy. I'm longing for intimacy. He says, some of you are just too loud never been intimate with me. Because yeah. true intimacy is quiet. True intimacy is very peaceful. Yeah. Yeah. Give me your heart. Some of you come to church just to show off your dresses. Yeah. And you miss the men. You miss the men. All you did was to show off your dress. And by the way, no man noticed your dress. Looked for man and he didn't look for the man. He says, I'm missing your intimacy. I'm missing your intimacy. Sometimes in church you don't even sing, you just. That's all you do. You just move your body. And tears just drop. I need, I, need, I need the strings, brother. I need the strings. God says, I'm longing for your intimacy. I want to fellowship with you. You've tried everything. You've tried accolades. You've tried to be important. You've tried positions. You, you are a chairman of this. You're known for this. But at home, you have no peace. In your heart, there is no rest. Because you have never fellowship with the man. And the man has come to the well. He's also looking for your waters. But as you water him, he's looking to water you your heart and feel your thirst and today I just want you to stand up on your feet give your heart to the Lord give your heart to the Lord my son give me your heart he says I'm longing for your heart I'm longing for your heart where is your heart my son give me your heart I want to feel it with me for inside your heart, there is a space that only me can feel. And after all, I'm longing for you. Some of you are born again. God is saying he's missing you. I don't know who you are. God says I'm missing you. Yes, you are praying, but I'm missing you. I don't see you. I don't fellowship with you. You used to stand out.
course in prayer and you would stay in my presence. You have left my presence. He says, come back, I'm missing you. You're trying success. You're trying things. You're doing this, but you have left my presence. And he says, nothing will work in your life without my presence. Nothing will satisfy you until you return to my presence. For your strength is in my presence. Your glory is my presence. Give me your heart. And the heart of worship is what I need from you. Lift up your hands. I will always worship you. As long as I live, as long as I am breathing. I will always worship you. I will not be silent. Come on, say, Oh, no, Jesus, I give you my heart this morning. I will always. I will always. Worship you as long as I am breathing, Jesus. I give you my heart this morning. Come on, fellowship with him. Fellowship with him. 